please to the book of Psalm, the 100th Psalm, the 100th Psalm, hallelujah, let's break some bread, amen, thank God for the word, wow, it's our hope, isn't it, it's our promise, it's unbreakable, it's unshakable, amen, you know, if God's got to split the sea, he will to keep his word. Through the prophet Jeremiah, God said, God watches over. And he hastens, that means he hurries up to perform his word. To perform his word. Amen. Are you a word person? Come on, we're a word person. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we come to you today and we release our faith that, Father God, that you will minister to us through your word and by your spirit. God, we need you very much. We need you more than we know. The days are evil. But God, you have given us armor. (laughs) And we are clad with the whole armor of God today. And that means that we know we shall be able to stand in the evil day. And to victoriously oppose all that the devil would try to do. Thank you that we are more than conquerors through you that love us. And now, God, we we want to hear from you. Our hearts are open. Our minds are alert. There is nothing more important going on right now than this moment. And so give us utterance, Lord. Help me, Father, to help the people. God, I make a demand on that pastor's office, that gift that came from Jesus, that, God, you put on my life to feed sheep. And that's not a derogatory term. That's a precious term. That's a Bible term. You're our shepherd. We're your people. And I thank you, God, that through your word, you'll cause us to lie down in green pastures. That, Father God, you'll cause our lives to be like walking beside still waters. And so we thank you, Father, for all that you're going to do in us and for us and through us in the next moments. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. I had it on my heart uh, to talk to us today about the flow of thanksgiving. The flow of Thanksgiving. Of course, the Thanksgiving holiday is upon us. And, uh, of course, there's no need to uh, rehearse. Uh, We know that this has been a very unusual year. Uh, The world has not faced a a pandemic like this since the 1913 pandemic. uh, 1918, whatever that was. And, And then all of the political upheaval, the economic upheaval, the riots, the rioting, the violence, the hatred, the strife, all that has gone on. And yet, I don't know about you, but when I look around, my family, we're healthy. My family's healthy. My family's kept. My children are well. Amen. Uh, We have had prayers answered. The church is still here. Amen. The congregation is together. Amen. My bills are paid. We're enjoying many blessings. Every season, in every year, we should be people of thanksgiving. But this year, come on, in this moment, We have much to be grateful for, much to be thankful for, and we should. There should be a flow 
of thanksgiving about our life. Amen. We shouldn't have to just be reminded. Oh, you know what? I, that gratitude thing. No, there ought to be just an air about the Christian. Amen. You know, for me, uh, if you plan on staying here a long time, and I hope you do, I'm just going to wear you out with my testimony. You know, but for me, I, I remember being drunk and suicidal. I remember having no hope. I remember being in a spiral of self-destruction. It was only a matter of time if I didn't turn, if God couldn't get a hold of my life before I was either going to be in prison or messed up or in jail or something. The way I was living. But God. How many of you have a but God story? Come on, we all do. Brother Paul back there. Amen. You know, strung out and drugged out and all of that. But there he sits. Amen. Looks like a blessed man. And he looks sharp back there. Amen. I mean, all of us have a but God story. Let's read Psalm 100. Just five verses. Notice what it says. It says, make a joyful noise. I wonder what kind of noise you've been making. (laughs) Amen. If we recorded your noise... Is it a joyful noise or is it filled with doubt and fear and anxiety? Is it, you know, uh, a, a noise of griping and moaning and complaining? No, God wants us to make a joyful noise and to make it unto him. All ye lands serve the Lord with sadness. <laughs> no, it says serve the Lord with gladness, serve the Lord with Gladness. Come on, serve the Lord how? With gladness. Amen. Come before His presence with singing. Know, know ye that the Lord, He is God. Amen. It is He that has made us. Isn't it good to know I am not the product of evolution. My great-grandpa is not a tadpole or an alligator or a monkey of any kind. It is God who made me. It is God that made you. God knows your name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. His thoughts of you are good. And they outnumber the sands of the sea. Amen. Praise God. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. There are no self-made people. I am not a self-made man. I'm a God-made man. Amen. And I take no credit for the good things God's done in my life. The Bible says every, that would include them all, every good and perfect gift comes down from above. From the one who's got no shadow of turning. Amen. From our God. You know, and I, I could say like many of you, well, I work hard. I remember working hard. But where did that strength to work hard come from? Where did the opportunity even come from? To be able to work hard and make money and and provide for family and whatever. It's God. It's God. Amen. We shouldn't take credit for anything. Anything good. And we shouldn't blame God for anything bad. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So again, there ought to be a flow. A flow of thanksgiving. In our life, a flow of praise 
end of worship. We are His people. We are His people. You know, I don't know about you, but I see the world becoming more dangerous. I, I, I see the very nation we live in becoming more unstable, more hostile to what I thought was an, you know, an accepted thing in our nation to be able to worship God freely and be a Christian and have differing opinions. But now, now you know, uh, there are active you know, efforts out there that if, if, you, if you're not woke and if you're not PC and if you haven't drunk the Kool-Aid, they want to put you on a list so that you can't get hired. Whatever this cancel culture thing is. Whatever. And you can be tempted to be troubled in your mind. I'm not so much troubled for me, but I have kids coming up. I got grandkids coming someday. When it's right. Amen. And I wonder about what kind of nation they'll have. Amen. I don't want to live in the People's Republic of the United States of America. I don't know about you. I, I want to live in the home of the free. And the land of the brave. <laughs> Amen. But you know, I'm just a wee little me. I have authority. I can do some things with my prayer life. But I can't by myself make the nation go the right way. I can't heal all the problems. Amen. But it's comforting to me to know that I am God's people. We are God's people. And throughout human history, God has shown Himself strong and able and faithful to preserve His remnant, to, those who, uh, to preserve those who are loyal to Him, whether it's under an Egyptian Pharaoh, whether it's from a, a, a German uh, you know, Nazi machine, or throughout time for Israel, or Christians throughout the world. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to know I have a covenant. I'm grateful to know that I have a Heavenly Father who loves me, and who will not fail me. How about you? We are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. Amen. You know what that means? There's someone watching over us. You know, when, when, when a shepherd, when he's got sheep, you know, most of the time those Bedouin, they would, they would either have built and go there continually or they would build one every time they needed one, a, a fence, mostly made of brush with thorns. You know, they would just make a, a circle about that. When Jesus said, I am the door, what he meant was, I am the door to the sheepfold. In other words, there is a gap where the sheep can come in and out of that razor sharp thorny fence that the shepherd built. For the sheep to dwell in overnight. And Jesus is the shepherd and he is guarding that door. Amen. So when I sleep, I'm, I'm grateful to know that there is one watching over me that neither sleeps nor slumbers. He is never weary. He has always got his watchful eye. His angels have been given charge over you and over me to keep us in all of our ways. Amen. What should our response be to a God who is so good? Look at verse 4. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Amen. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. And into His courts with praise. Notice this next phrase. It's a command. It's an instruction. Be thankful to Him. 
You know, God doesn't ask a whole lot from us. God does the big stuff. He heals our bodies. He keeps us mentally and emotionally. He protects us from every harm and every evil. He provides for us. He does all the heavy lifting. What He asks from us is trust. What He asks from us is faith. What He asks from us is simple, heartfelt, willing obedience to Him. And He deserves and commands to be thanked. Amen? You know, it's not right when someone does something good and something nice, something out of their way, and not be grateful and not be thankful. You know, there's been times in my life where uh, God's moved or my heart was just moved to help somebody and I got no thanks. I got no thanks for it. Now, that's not why I did it, to get a thanks. Amen. But you know, unless the Lord commanded me, I wouldn't do that again for that person. Because they didn't have the right response. It didn't mean enough to them to even say anything or acknowledge it in any way that they were helped. Oh, but you know what? When there's gratitude, when there's an acknowledgement that something that didn't have to be done was done, then I want to do it again. Amen. I I want to do it bigger next time. And God is the same way. We are commanded to approach God with thanksgiving. We're not supposed to approach God griping. Or we're not to come before God presumptuous. Amen. This attitude that many in our nation have uh, that we are... Uh, what is the word? Entitled, that's the word. Don't bring your entitlement mentality to the throne. <laughs> Amen. God is, He has ordained an approach. Our God is a high God. He is a holy God. He is a powerful God. Amen. And we should approach Him properly. Amen. And, and what is the way to approach Him? Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you for what? How about thank you I can even come. Thank you that I can even get your ear. Thank you that you'll even pay attention to me. Thank you that I can even come into your presence and have an audience with you. Amen. You realize we don't deserve that. Amen. Hallelujah. Come into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. Come on, He is good. And His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Amen. You know, thanksgiving is a key ingredient to a person of faith. We're faith people, aren't we? We teach faith around here. We know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. We know that what we bring to God uh, to receive answers to our prayers is our faith in Him, our trust in Him, our confidence that He is who He said He is. He is performing what He said He would perform in our life. He is true to His Word. Amen? That's what we bring Him in the area of healing, in the area of whatever thing, good thing we want from God. Hallelujah. Well, many people, you know, maybe they they don't realize the role Thanksgiving has in our faith life. 
You know, the more skillful you become in faith, the more thankful you'll be. Amen. And there'll be a flow about uh, your life of thanksgiving. You know what I mean by a flow? It's just a, just an, it's just who you've become. You don't think about it anymore. It's, it's unconscious to you. So in other words, now I'm not perfect, but just to give you an example, you ought to have moments like this where you don't realize the company you're in, like at the register being at Walmart and it's $50 less than what you expected you'd be. And before you know it, you went, well, praise God. And she goes, like, what did you say? Oh, yeah. Amen. I mean, you forgot whose company you're in before you know it. You went glory to God. Oh, sorry. Because see, there's just a flow about your life. Amen. It's not something you put on when you come to church. And then you leave it in your trunk. And right, and you leave the flow as you live daily life. Amen. I mean, we ought to just... Thank you, Father. Ought to be a constant thing coming up out of the wellspring of your heart. Amen. Look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, just very quickly. This is a familiar verse to some of us. Pastor Nancy pointed this out uh, in a teaching, and I, I hadn't seen it before. It's just powerful. And if in the booth you could pull this verse up in the Amplified for me, I'd be thankful. I would be grateful. Deuteronomy 28. You might want to mark these verses. Don't don't let them get away from you. We know Deuteronomy 28, God is outlining the blessings and the curses for breaking God's law or keeping God's law. And uh, notice in verse number 47, it says, Because you served not the Lord thy God with joyfulness. You see, we just read in Psalm 100, Serve the Lord with gladness. Be thankful to Him. Well, there's a penalty for not doing that. There's a cost for not being that way. (laughs) Amen. And so because you serve not the Lord your God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart, you know, some people aren't even serving God at all. You have to actually be serving God before you can do it with joyfulness and gladness of heart. Amen. For the abundance of all things, now notice, therefore. Now notice, I like to notice some of these words like this. Notice the first word of verse 47 says, because. And the first word of verse 48 is, therefore. Because. Therefore. See, nothing happens in our lives except there be a because and a therefore. Amen. And so we, again, we've got to just keep chipping away at this religious tradition people have that que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. It's all up to God. That's not true. That's not true. It's never been true. So because you didn't serve God properly, primarily with joyfulness, thankfulness, gladness of heart, therefore, what? You will serve your enemies. You will serve your enemies, which the Lord will send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. 
And he shall put a yoke of iron upon your neck until he has destroyed you. (laughs) Wow. Okay, look at that in the Amplified. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord shall send against you. Is that the Amplified? Okay, in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and want in all things. Uh, Let me see verse 47. That must be what I'm looking for. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness of mind and heart in gratitude. In gratitude for all the abundance with which he had blessed you. You see, without living in the flow of gratitude and thankfulness, we will serve our enemies. Because all of us will serve our enemies except God do something for us. Amen. And so it would behoove us to remember that we need to inject into our lives and cultivate a very sincere, heartfelt gratitude for all that God has already done in our life. Now, when when you say serve your enemies, what does he mean? Well, notice the rest of verse 48 talks about uh, economic destruction, poverty, lack, want. Listen, for the believer, uh, the enemies to the believer are things like depression. Some people serve the enemy of depression because they don't serve the Lord with gladness. They don't have a thankful heart. You know, according to VeggieTales, a merry heart is a happy heart. And even if you can't buy the whole train set and you can only buy a little ball, you should be grateful for the ball. Or if you only have one piece of pie for your birthday. If you have not watched Madam Blueberry, there is revelation. You will cry, you will weep, you will repent. You need to watch Madam Blueberry. Because she had all these blessings. Her treehouse fell over out of the tree because she packed it so full with blessings. But she was not grateful for what she had. All she was thinking about, I am preaching about Madam Blueberry. Yes, I am. (laughs) Amen. Is what the neighbor had that she didn't. The stuff. Come on, the stuff that she wanted but did not yet have. And then there was this young family living on the ground. They didn't have a tree house. But they were grateful for what they had. And they were happy. You know, it's not the stuff you have. Jesus said, the measure of a man's life is not, cannot be measured by the things that he possesses. I believe in Bible prosperity, but having more stuff doesn't make you nothing. It just, it's just stuff. That's right. It's all going to burn up sooner than we think. Prosperity and these things, they're blessings. They bless, but they're tools. That's, that's it. They're tools. That's all. Amen. So some people, they're serving oppression. They're serving the enemy of depression. They serve the enemy of poverty. Some people, they're serving the enemy of sickness and disease and pain. These are enemies to the believer. Why are they serving them? Because they weren't sufficiently grateful the last time God healed their body, set them free, moved, moved in their life. Amen. 
What did you do? What was your response the last time God answered your prayer, came through for you, did something good that you needed Him? Was there any? Oh, thank you, Father. I acknowledge you. That came from you. I needed that. I wanted that. You did that for me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This is what the Egyptians, this is one of their Achilles heel in the wilderness. They get out into the wilderness and they encounter a need. And how quick they forgot the drowned Egyptian Pharaoh and army that God just delivered them from. Amen. How quick they forgot how God called manna to fall out of the sky for them to eat. He defended them. He delivered them. He guarded them. And every chance they got, they ran to griping. They ran to moaning. It was never enough. Amen. Being grateful, being thankful is a key ingredient to faith. What is thanksgiving? It is an acknowledgement that God is God and you're not. Amen? We need to acknowledge that God is God and I'm not. I get my breath from Him. I get my next heartbeat from Him. I get my strength from Him. I get good ideas from Him. We got this building from Him. We've been protected all through 2020. Outside encounters, yes, but no no in-church spread or instance of coronavirus the whole year. And, And it's going to stay that way in Jesus' name. And anyone in our church whose bodies was attacked with it, they're all here, they're all fine, they're all well. Glory! Are we grateful? Are we thankful? Praise God! Praise God! Very sharp and severe attack on Mar Marlene's body in the lower leg with blood clots. Was she still here? Come on, she's still here, fully recovered. Amen! Amen! Without a job, needing a job, PJ, got a job. Got a job, been there a month, just got promoted. Come on, who's behind this stuff? God is. We started, how about God? God put it in our heart, started daycare, hired the director a week before the order comes that daycares can't open. Shazam. Where's that salary going to come from? Stacy already quit her job. I've already made the commitment. God paid it. Y'all missed a paycheck yet from us? Nope. Nope. Then as soon as the daycare's closing permanently all over the county. But ours is here. And ours is open. My daughter laying a hand on one of them who had symptoms, not corona, something else, and was healed in the daycare this week. And every few weeks, profit is being dumped into the church account. Who is behind all of this? I'm not that clever. I am grateful. How many jobs have we created? Six, put you on the spot. You're supposed to know these things. 
More than six jobs. They haven't missed a paycheck. Amen. Praise God. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful. So thanksgiving and praise, you realize, are inseparable. What is praise? Praise is a celebration of things God has done. Or praise is a celebration of thanks for something you know because you believe that He is doing right now. Though you don't see it. But you praise Him because you know He heard you. And you know He in the spirit realm, He is working on your behalf. And that it is sure and soon to come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me just quote some things because time's getting away from me. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 through 18, Paul said this, Pray without ceasing. In other words, don't ever stop praying. In everything, give thanks. He didn't say for everything. He didn't say for everything. Don't give thanks for cancer. Nobody gives thanks for, you know, getting laid off. Maybe you do, I don't know, praise God. No, Paul said in everything, in every situation that you find yourself, part of the answer is give thanks. Notice how, uh, and I don't have time to run this trail with you today, but in the New Testament especially, you'll find prayer and thanksgiving are connected together. Prayer and thanksgiving. Why? Because it's a key ingredient to prayer results. I thought this was good. Uh, yesterday, I never had this thought before. It came up out of my heart. Thanksgiving is how you update your yesterday's faith. Thank, today's Thanksgiving is how you pull yesterday's faith into the present. You see, the vast majority of our prayers will not be manifested the day you pray it. Many of our prayers, there will be a time where we have to stand. Amen? Yet every day that goes by, we must remain in faith. We must stay in faith so that God can continue to move, right? See, if you're not in faith, God's not bringing anything to pass. Give substance to the thing we hope for. 11, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Amen? Y'all with me? So how to, and we don't pray again. Not the prayer of petition, not the prayer of faith. So let's say, you know, you got two weeks And you need $500 to meet a bill, a rent bill, and you need $500. And you prayed and you released your faith in Philippians 4, 19, two weeks ago. Right? Amen. But the money didn't show up the day you prayed it. Well, you got to be in faith the next day. Day 13, you need to pray in faith, right? You need to pray in faith. How do you do that? You go, oh, Father, I thank you today that you heard me. I thank you today you heard my prayer. I thank you today that you are moving on my behalf. I believe you today. It shall come to pass. I'm confident. I'm assured. I just want to thank you in advance. I want to praise you right now. You don't ask again, but how do you update? How do you bring your yesterday's faith into the present tense? By giving thanks. Colossians 4.2 says, continue earnestly in prayer 
With how? How do you continue earnestly in prayer? You do it with thanksgiving. So you release your faith for healing, but the symptom's still there. Day three, what do you do? How do you bring your faith for healing of three days ago into the present tense? You go before God and you say, Father, I want to thank you. You heard me when I released my faith, when I took possession of my healing, and it's mine now, and I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank you. Your word is true. You have forgiven all of my iniquities, and you have healed all my diseases. I stand here despite the symptoms, healed as I can be because of you, Father, and I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I praise you for it. And see, now you've brought your yesterday's faith into the present tense. Woo! Hallelujah. For years, we had to apply this principle towards this building. You know, from the office at Jackson Street to where I lived in Kevlar, we had to drive by this property every day. And so for a year and a half, all we saw was raked ground and red river rock gravel. Amen. But we were believing to pour the foundation. So we would drive by and tell our little kids, do you see the foundation of a building out there? No, daddy, I don't. Well, there is one. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And then we poured the foundation and we looked at the, the plumbing stubs and the bare concrete for another year and a half. You know what we did every day? We drove, oh, kids, do you see a building out there? No, Daddy, I don't. <laughs> Amen. Well, there is one. And we would just say, Father, thank you. Thank you, it's your will. Thank you, you instructed it. Thank you, Father, it's going to come to pass. Thank you that you're moving on our behalf and you update yesterday's faith into the present tense by being thankful, by being grateful. Because you already believe, right, that you have it. That's what faith does. You don't see it. You don't feel it. Amen. But faith knows it has it based on the word. So what are you going to do? The right response to faith is to say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. I just had to say, well, Father, I, this circumstance is out of my control. I owe that money to Miss Stacy. You knew this was coming. I ask you, Father, for the money to pay her salary. Quoted some scriptures. Well, what am I going to do? Worry? No. Gripe? No. Ask questions? No. Well, then what am I going to do to fill the space? I'm going to thank God. I'm, but I'm going to just thank Him every time I think about it, that He heard my prayer. Y'all getting anything? In everything, what are we to do? We are to give thanks. In everything, we are to give thanks. Let's close in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It's a good day. I remember the testimony of a woman that was overcome with, I think it was tuberculosis. She was dying of that disease, but she went to um, John G. Lake's healing room, was lying there in a bed. She had a vision one night, and in this vision, the Lord showed her a, a teeter-totter. And in one basket was the word, what was it, prayer or faith or something. And in the other basket that was way up high, meaning it was lighter, was in, with the label praise on it. And so in the vision, it meant to tell her that you're heavy on faith and prayer. 
But what's lacking over here is praise. And the word of the Lord came to her and said, when, you feel, when that teeter-totter balances out and you have as much praise and thanks for your healing as you have prayer and asking me, you'll have it. So she just started at it. Weak and frail. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. I praise you, Father. Thank you that I'm well. Thank you that I'm healed. Praise you, Father. Amen. It's been, come to be called the praise cure, and it wasn't John G. Lake or somebody else. Amen. Yeah, Lillian B. Omens, yeah. And, and uh, praise God. So she just, a few days, she just tens of thousands of times, right? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Well, eventually, she filled that basket full. Amen. Amen. God wants to hear our faith will praise God. Faith will praise God. I said faith will praise God. When in the natural, you got nothing to praise God over. With a stack full of unpaid bills in Philippians 4.19. Faith will praise God over Philippians 4.19. Are you with me? In uh, 2 Chronicles 20, you should read the whole chapter. I'm just going to highlight a few verses and we'll finish up. But we know that a great host of uh, uh, hostile armies surrounded King Jehoshaphat in uh, Judah and Jerusalem. And they came out, verse 1, against Jehoshaphat to battle. And then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude against us. And so they were greatly outnumbered. In verse 3 it says, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Listen, when you get surrounded, you should set yourself to seek God. Because you have someone on your side. (laughs) It's like Reverend Kamal preached last week. Greater is them that be with us. Amen. Then then is with the enemy. See, I'm paying attention. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Judah gathered themselves together to what? To ask help of the Lord. And they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood. And then he began to make his plea. He began to make his plea before God. God says, look at this. Jehoshaphat says, oh God, look at this multitude. Look look at what kind of circumstance we're in. All these people, they have come to throw us out of our possession. I kind of feel like that in this election. The whole host of ungodly people and wicked people that want to they they throw off Christians out of their inheritance. You want to go back, I understand we're coming up on the 400th anniversary of the Mayfield, the Mayflower Compact. To me, that's very significant. Y'all know what the Mayflower Compact is? They probably didn't teach that in your commie public school. Sorry, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, (laughs) kind of. But they're teaching revisionist history. And so Puritans braved the Atlantic in a very dangerous journey, seeking what? Religious freedom. They wanted to have a place where they could worship God Without, you know, being under the thumb of that British king and its corrupt partnership with Catholicism. They wanted to worship God freely. They wanted to worship and serve Jesus in peace. And so they showed up almost 400 years ago. 
And before they got off the ship, they made a covenant with God called the Mayflower Compact. Amen? There is a covenant, an ancient, for us, covenant between Christians and God in this land. And evil forces want to throw us out of our inheritance. I was doing good, now I got off on this, didn't I? It's the truth. You may not like it. It's just the truth. Amen. How long did the Hebrews endure Egyptian bondage? That's why I think this is significant. Now, where are the planned parades in America? hundred years ago, all of the nation would have been preparing to celebrate this upcoming anniversary. 200 years, parades in the streets, celebrating our heritage. Our Christian. Maybe you need to Google some stuff and get you a real history book and catch up on some stuff. But God's people under a pagan Egyptian Pharaoh endured bondage for 400 years and then God brought them out. And could it be that on the 400th or near the 400th anniversary of the first Christian American covenant between Christian Puritans and God Almighty about this land, Maybe God will bring us out. Amen. I'm not talking about people here. I'm talking about demonic forces who want to alter the purpose of America and make us ashamed of where we come from and our true Christian heritage. America is not perfect and we have made many mistakes and we have hurt many groups of people. Of course. Amen. And America is a cesspool of immorality and corruption right now. But I just believe, I know God is a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. And if nothing else, we could pray God honor that covenant those Puritans made way back there. And don't let Satan uproot us out of the inheritance you gave us. Amen. And I'm not sorry. (laughs) look at verse 12 well look at verse 11 behold he says I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of your possession which you have given to us to inherit oh our God will you not judge them for we have no might against this great company that has come against us neither know we what to do but our eyes are on you and to summarize the Spirit of the Lord came upon the prophet and the prophet gave God's answer to Jehoshaphat and their petition. And the Lord said in verse 15, about halfway through, thus says the Lord unto you, be not afraid. Come on, Christian today, be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. We can take it off the national scene. Whatever battle you're facing, whatever whatever enemies have surrounded you, trying to keep you out of your healing, trying to keep you out of your blessing, your inheritance as a child of God. Amen. Be not afraid. The battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. Then in Luke verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Oh, don't you like hearing that? You know they had to love hearing that. Amen. You mean we don't even have to fight in this battle? Oh, praise God. We don't have to fight in this battle. Glory to God. Verse 17. Set yourselves, I like that. In other words, 
Take up a stance. Set yourself. Set your mind. Set your heart. Stand ye still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Now look, if they looked up and looked around, it didn't look good. It didn't look good. It looked like they were all about to be prey. Looked like they were all about to be killed or enslaved. Amen. So it didn't look good, but they had a word. They had a word from God. See the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for tomorrow you will go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Amen. Look at verse 18. And Jehoshaphat, what did he do? What was his response? He bowed his head and his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, they fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. What is worship? It is a celebration. It is an acknowledgement of who God is. Praise is a celebration of what He has done. Worship is higher. It's higher than praise. Because here we're focused on what He's doing, what He's done. Thank God for that. But oh, worship is an acknowledgement of who He is. Hallelujah. Being thankful for who He is. Amen. And so it says, and the Levites, verse 19, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Goes on and says, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you'll prosper. And when he had consulted, verse 21, the people, he appointed what? Singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. Say, praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. And don't you love this in verse 22? And when they began to sing. When did God begin to move? When they began to sing. When did God begin to fight? When they began to praise. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes. He ambushed the enemy. He caused them to turn on one another and to fight one another. I could preach on that. Could God cause the enemies of Christianity and God's plan for America to turn on one another and fight while we stand there and praise God, stand there and worship God? Hallelujah. Woo! Praise God. When is your situation going to turn? When you believe Him enough to sing. When you believe Him enough to give Him thanks and praise. Now the long and short of that is they won the battle. Look at verse 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in the gathering of the spoil. It was so much. And in response, they blessed the Lord. And they named the valley of that, uh, how do you say that? Bereka. That means the valley of blessing. Because they were blessed. And in that valley, they praised God. In that valley, they thanked God. Amen. Last part of verse 27 says, For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. Amen. Come on, somebody. God wants us out there picking up the spoils in life. Hallelujah. Maybe a great horde. You can stand to your feet, praise God. Hallelujah. Would 
would surround you and attack, attack your mind, attack your family, your business, your children. Glory to God. Listen, God is for you. I said God is for you. God has not forsaken you. But you've got to believe Him. I've got to believe Him. Amen? Amen. You know, matter, in January, January 21st, no matter who it is that's in the office of the White House, God is still God. God is still God. Amen. And our ultimate answer is not in either one of those men. It's not. Amen. I don't have a covenant with Trump. I, I don't have a covenant with Biden. I do have a covenant with God Almighty. <laughs> Amen. And he's bigger than both of those guys. God's bigger than Republicans. He's bigger than Democrats. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's, let's, let's leave today. Raise at least one hand. Thank God for all he's done for you. Father, we love you today. We thank you.